Welcome to the Arise podcast with Danielle Castillejo and Maggie Hemphill. Conversations around faith, race, justice, gender, and the church. Hey, Maggie. Guess what? There's no guest with us today. It's just us. Hey! I feel kind of awesome about that. And even more awesome that if you're not, you can't actually see us, you wouldn't know that we're actually recording in the same house on different levels. (laughs) Oh, technology. Yeah, I was actually getting ready to record this podcast with you and realized I'm sitting in my car outside of a coffee shop committed to, you know, connected to Wi-Fi. And I'm like, why don't I just go see Maggie? She's literally two minutes from here. I love it. That is the joy of being in the same town. Although I, I think that we've gotten used to uh, to Zoom recording and like and doing it digitally. It'll be interesting if we ever go back to doing it in person. <laughs> I don't know, and I wonder what's gone to the equipment market that they use to like like record podcasts. And, and anyway, obviously the folks can tell that Maggie and I can talk about a lot of things. <laughs> but we're here to talk a little bit about Advent. I wanna hear how you and your family are doing, like what's it like to be in community, out of community, because I know we're still in COVID season for many people. Um, just wanna get some back to school updates and talk about how, um, we're looking at the end of the year. So where do you want to jump in? That's a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, let's start with Advent because we're just in it right now. And um, I think I think Advent feels a lot like kind of COVID. I mean, I feel like that because of the waiting, right? And also the darkness. Um, there's also anticipation in both of those things. So like, it just feels really relevant to the current state we're in. I would say historically for Advent, um, you know, I got three little kids, so we, we did the chocolate calendar thing for a long time. Um, but it turned out to like teach them a lot about what it embodied anticipation feels like, because every morning they would wake up with excitement to like open their little calendar. And the calendar was also kind of a larger anticipation of Christmas, right? It was basically a countdown to Christmas Day. Um, but, you know, as I've gotten older, it, it lacks spiritual death. It lacks, you know, connection. And so yeah, last year we tried something kind of new. They were Advent conversation cards um, from a company called Kids Read Truth or something along those lines. And they had prompts um, for kind of different age levels. And so it was really great for the kids to be able to, we, we would do it at dinner time. We would read read the, the prompt and it would have like a verse and a picture. And we'd be able to talk to the kids at, at their age level because they had questions for little kids, questions for teenagers. And so it was neat to see them engaging Advent in a new way, but also at the level they were able to. Um, this year, we've kind of tried something new and it's called the Jesse Tree which I've heard about for a long time and uh, I have had friends that do it, but it's basically something that will help us connect the custom of decorating the Christmas tree with the events that lead up to Jesus's birth. And so the ornaments of the Jesse tree, they tell the story of God from the Old Testament that are connecting the Advent season with God's faithfulness across the number of years of history. So that's been, it's been cool and different. You know, each ornament, it has a picture that connects it to a story, you know, like the, it's called Jesse tree because it's the stump of, um, the branch of Jesse tree, the stump of Jesse tree, starting with, you know, Isaiah. Um, but I think one other thing that we've been doing or I am more aware of this year is the Advent candles. Um, there are plenty of Christian faiths that do the candles and I just like, I see them. <laughs> I didn't know how it all connected, right? So this is the first year, like I learned what each candle means, why they're the colors they are. And so 
I think as I'm sort of processing them this year and like understanding like the week, the week of hope, the week of faith, the week of joy, the week of peace, like how I would want to incorporate that in the future for what I would do with my, with my family. Um, and as far as like community, I would say I have a number of friends that are doing uh, an Advent devotional that's put out by Reclaiming My Theology. Um, these are just people who are re-examining and rethinking right now. Um, they've had to process harmful and bad theology. And so they're really trying to reclaim their faith through recreating, reimagining, reconnecting um, in new and deeper ways. So it's been really cool to like be an observer of that. And also just knowing that I have that my own experience with with kind of um, reevaluating theology. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we are. How do you guys celebrate Advent? What is it to you? Like, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the Advent season, usually it starts with my daughter, my my second child. She's 14 now, but she it started when she was like nine, like pulling out a, a paper and drawing a picture of the nativity. And that first nativity actually was amazing. And I am not, I am artistic, but not in the way of like decorating my house. And so when she asked if she could paint it on a wall of our house, I of course said yes. And she did. So we drew like a box grid on our wall of our house when she was nine. So that's five years ago. And she painted this large virgin version of the nativity scene on that. And then later added an angel, like kind of watching over the scene. So that's how this advent kicked off as well. She said, mommy, should I draw an advent? Should I draw a nativity scene? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, what should I do? I was like, I don't know. What is, what's in your heart to do? And so she did, she drew a picture of the nativity this year and I can put a link to it. It's on my Instagram page. I post them every year. <clears throat> and I don't know, it's always interesting. This year, none of the people have their eyes open. They're all closed. So like Mary and Joseph have their eyes closed. The shepherds have their eyes closed. The wise men are in there. They have their eyes closed, but all the animals have their eyes open. Mm. And then there's three angels and they also have their eyes open. So that's interesting to me. And baby Jesus in this picture looks like he's slightly annoyed or crying. And he's just kind of like, is everybody making noise? That's kind of how I imagine him in the picture. <laughs> and he's like rubbing his eye and you can kind of like see like squirts of like, I don't know if they're like tears or just like that baby frustration, like, come on, let me sleep, you know? And something about that picture made it feel real to me. And it always does when she interprets something about the nativity every year. Honestly, we have the chocolate calendar this year and I was marveling at your Marvel uh, <laughs> advent calendar that you got for Legos. And I picked one of those up for the kids. Um, I, I don't know. I, we, we I talked about this in notes and for the previous couple of weeks that we've recorded, but my grandma passed away like right before Thanksgiving and as complex as all that is, one thing that's been very clear to me is I just feel like dead tired from time to time. And so in spaces where I want, I've thought of being more intentional and like setting out and like reading specific scripture or whatever, I've just been like, oh, I can't do it. I'm too tired. And it seems to kind of settled over my family. <clears throat> it was just last weekend. So like a week and a half ago or less that the memorial service was streamed online. 
And so we weren't able to go in person. It was far away. And so my kids watched it. And then the next day they just couldn't settle. They didn't want to do anything Christmassy. They, they just wanted to kind of just lay around. And I think that's a reflection of how we've all felt. Just, I don't know that it speaks to the level of closeness, but the passing of a generation, you know, it just, it's felt like a big deal. Although it hasn't come out in tons of weeping or tears for me at all times, just the feeling of like, I'm tired. And so Sunday, instead of like watching an online service or going anywhere, we put on pentatonics on YouTube, on the TV and listened to Christmas carols for hours <laughs> and sang along with them and talked about the carols and which ones we related to. So I would say our Advent is looking up to be, you know, just kind of looking more informal this year, or maybe I guess you could say less intentional, but I don't think any less meaningful. Hmm. I love that. And also just love how Julie is leading this space for your family. Mm -hmm. um, I love seeing her Advent drawings every year. And I love that because she has painted an Advent on the wall of your house, like it's, it's, or not Advent, a nativity scene, like it's there all year. Um, so like, I just, I love that about your space and totally agree with the tired weariness because by odd coincidence or stroke of luck or God's intentional plan, my grandma died the day after Thanksgiving. And we have both been journeying in that space. Um, and I would say you characterize it perfectly. Just I'm tired, dead tired. And I feel that like not wanting to do Christmas in, in, in moments too. Like <laughs> when you came this morning, it's like, I have just one strand of lights up on my house. Like normally I would do the whole house and it would be like a Christmas explosion, but like that's what I have energy for this year. One strand on the front of the house. Um, and it doesn't feel any less meaningful. Or like you said, like, it's not like it's less intentional. It's just, this is what we have capacity for as a family right now um, in, the, in the kind of season we're in. Yeah, and I think it speaks to the long season we've all passed through COVID. And I know the, like other people have experienced far more death than I have. Um, and I know that in my line of work, like as a therapist and watching people grieve over the last, you know, it's going to be two years soon, any second, it's going to be two years that this all started that kind of having the first Christmas, like where things feel the most normal. And then to have a death, it feels like, really? Like mm. why? Mm -hmm. And I think my favorite Christmas carol is, um, Oh, Holy Night. And it talks about the weary world rejoicing. And I was like, yeah, that feels kind of like where we're at. Like I, I typically have a sad and lingering feeling. And I know I talked about it last year when we talked about Advent, but that feeling comes back to me at this time of year. Um, not like, not that being depressed is wrong, but it's not that feeling of being in despair, or depressed, but just like a profound weariness and like, come on, can something good happen here? Mm, yes. I feel that like deep in my body and soul. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's funny. I woke up with that line, the weary, weary soul rejoices. And um, yeah, it has been a long season and it's, it, even though you say, and I, and I know this to be true cognitively, 
that two years we're coming up on two years of COVID. It feels like five years or, or like 10 years. I mean, it feels so heavy what we've collectively experienced. Um, part of the weariness is also a little bit like feeling this will never end <laughs> and, and not in a despair way, but like, when will this end? Um, I mean, for me personally, like I've had to stop watching the COVID numbers in our area because like it's so easy to ride the emotional roller coaster of of it spreading. Um, you know, I've seen family and friends near and far have loved ones get sick. I mean, including some dear people to me and I've had people who have lost people and more people who have recovered and some people with long lasting side effects. And it's just like, in addition to that level of and long, like, like the longevity of it, of sickness and of that kind of fear, like experiencing such divisiveness um, in, in families and in communities, like in, I guess, American society at whole over vaccines, just this strong sense of like it being binary, it's gonna be this or that, and like the lack of ability to hold space for the complexity and nuance, right? So like just the emotional disruption and like the increase, the prolonged anxiety, the loneliness, the social pressure of COVID. I mean, I'm sure you as a therapist can speak more directly to like how you've seen this play out in mental health, but I mean, it's affecting everyone long-term, like this is a, the long haul. And so I'm so much more aware of that this Christmas than I was last Christmas, even though we were in the thick of it, you know, last year too. Um, so yeah, like, how about you? How have you seen, you know, your field or like mental health being uh, impacted by the the long, the longness, the length of COVID? That's a weird question. I think increase, you know, in depression, increase in anxiety, increase in need for mental health care. And I think just both the connectedness to certain communities and disconnectedness to community, you know, we start getting into these conversations that literally almost everybody is having a conversation around vaccine, mask wearing, um, racism, systemic oppression, critical race theory, uh, natural disasters. There's tornadoes that just happened in Kentucky. And I told the Lord, I was like, really? Like you couldn't have waited for that. Like literally it's just before the holidays. And uh, think about all of these things that have kind of made this cocktail, this storm. And it, it feels almost like at times there's breaks in the clouds and I can see the sun and it seems like things are going to be better. And I think my clients go through that same roller coaster of emotion. Like sometimes it feels like things are going to be better. And other times it does feel like things are crashing in. I think what you describe is perfect. And what I've been writing about is it, it's hard in some of the fragments of our family when it comes to talking about vaccination or racism or faith or what brand of faith you're in, or <laughs> abortion is on the table right now and forefront in the country. I mean, there's human trafficking on the forefront with the trial of Jeffrey Epstein's like Maxwell that you know facilitated the trafficking of these underage girls. So there's so many things that are at the forefront of our news. And I think I find often that people are either like on this side or they're like on that side. And literally, when you talk to these folks, like you don't have a shared reality. And, and I, I think that was a lot of where Jesus was born into. Hmm. You know, you had the empire and you had these oppressed people that are waiting, waiting for hope. 
and there's not a shared reality. It's not like empire's way to saying like, yeah, someday you guys are going to be free. That wasn't the case. Hmm. There wasn't, there wasn't a, there wasn't like a misunderstanding there. Um, it was clear, like we're, we're in charge. You guys are here and, and this is how it's going to be. And so how did those, you know, Jesus stepped into all of that mess and then the disciples and yeah, it's almost like, it's a crazy making thought to think that that's where Jesus stepped in. And yet, you know, here we are in end of 2021. And that kind of feels like the same thing. Yeah. I, I love that connection piece because it feels so comforting to know that not only has Jesus experienced this in his embodied self, um, you know, like exactly what you're talking about, arriving in empire, being of the oppressed group, like all, all the things that you're saying. And it's comforting because God's with us now in what we experience. Like that's what this season is about, Emmanuel, God with us. And so like knowing he knows embodiedly what we are experiencing embodiedly, you know? If that's even a word, but I'm gonna allow it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm driving so much comfort from that connection that you made. Yeah, where do you find yourself at in that story? Hmm, that's a good question. You mean like in the nativity story? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I never thought about that before. <sighs> Let me give you an example. I was looking at my daughter's nativity and uh, scene this year. And the three angels are Adam Toledo, Brianna Taylor, and George mm-hmm. Floyd. Mm-hmm. And I saw them as angels and they they actually have their eyes open in the scene and they're smiling. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, we talk about Jesus being outside of space and time. And yet he, yet he entered a particular space and time. But somehow in my daughter's imagination, they were there at that space and time. And maybe they're there as we relive the nativity this year, you know, mm-hmm. they're yeah, I really, Jesus. yeah. So I was just like, when you think of that, like that's, I guess that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I love that. And actually what, what catches me most is about is the eyes, right? The people who are in the scene directly have their eyes closed, but the people who are outside watching, like the angels, like you're saying, have their eyes open. And so like, I'm, I'm pondering what that looks like for me. Am I someone who has their eyes open to what's happening um, presently? And, or am I somebody who has their eyes closed and, and is, um, and, and what does that look like? Right. And what does that mean for, for today? And so I feel like um, I want to be in that scene that Julie has created someone who's watching it with their eyes open. And yet I also feel the embodiedness of being with in that scene, they all have their eyes closed. So yeah, I feel caught. I'm not sure where I would put myself, uh, but I, but I love the idea of the eyes closed and, and eyes open. And then, like you said, Jesus being in through all space, all time, and yet also being in space and time. Um, how about you? Where do you see yourself in that scene? I don't know, like, I guess the same, a little bit the same as you have thought about that, actually more probably because, you know, my kid drew it and I was like, what does all this mean? And, you know, art has all these layers and unconscious blah, 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 right? (laughs) 
But I think because I'm in the present of whatever's happening, my eyes are probably closed. Like I'm feeling it, living it, moving through it like 2021. I'm not saying that my eyes aren't open. Like I'm not driving around with my eyes closed, right? (laughs) In my car. (laughs) But in some ways to bear all that's happened in 2021, you know, I've had to have my eyes closed to some things. Mm -hmm. Mm, That feels so true. Because how could we possibly bear it all? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that makes a lot of sense for the picture that she drew. Um, Cause when you are experiencing it and feeling it in the embodied sense, like it's a lot. And so at times you will have to close your eyes. And even if you just open them a peek, it's probably more than you can bear what we, what we are experiencing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like culturally, collectively, um, COVID systemic racism, like the legal system right now, uh, election season, like all, all of it. Do you know what I mean? It, it feels like too much to bear because we are living it. Yeah, that feels true. Yeah. What does your end of the year process look like this year as we wrap up? We're wrapping up like year, like this, we're actually wrapping up year two of end of year pandemic. Cause last year we talked about wrapping up the season and it, we were in pandemic and this year, you know, it's similar. So what's it like the second time around? Yeah, I think the second time around or this, you know, this end of year, I'm focusing more instead of like, individually, like I will set goals for myself or whatever. Like I historically have done that. Like I've had a guide and like where I want to go professionally and spiritually and this and that. I think this year, especially because of what our family has been through, like I'm more wanting to provide a space for my kids to process. Um, Joe Saxon and Steph O'Brien, they put out a, a end of the year practice called hello, goodbye. And I've, I've never done it, but I saw this year they had one for kids and families. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to hold space for my kids to look back on the year and like make meaning. I don't know, like make meaning for what has happened. And also like the invitation to say like, there are things that we're going to keep from this year, whether that be like resilience, new theology, new friends, that kind of thing. And there are things that we need to say goodbye to from this year. And so like this idea of marking that with a hello and a goodbye, um, it feels feels really good and intentional for this year in this space. Like I want this to be a family thing that we do um, cause it's been really hard. And to think about what we're holding as adults and as parents, like they're also holding all of their experiences at school, all the news they hear, they are so attuned to what's happening in their families and their parents. So like their little bodies are holding a lot. And so like, I'm really more aware of wanting to do an end of the year I don't know, I want to say ritual, but you know, that maybe isn't the right word, but a practice that will provide a space and, and make meaning for them, like on their own terms and in their own way. How about you? Yeah, I just like, you got me thinking like, what kind of ritual, what kind of practice I have been thinking about, like uh, the hello and the goodbye that Steph and Joe use and thinking about like writing down on paper, the things we want to like leave from the year and then burning them. <laughs> Yes. I mean, my family likes fire, so we enjoy. I bless that. Yeah. Um, And Ben also, like, my 10-year-old found a package of firecrackers in his room. Hmm. I feel like those have been hidden probably from his (laughs) parents in there for a while. And he brought them out and he's like, what should, what should, when should we light these off? And I was like, oh, we should light these off on New Year's Day, you know, or New Year's Eve or something and kind of like let this year go in a sense. Mm. 
you know, the kids, I know we talked a little bit about going back to school, but the kids have been back to school this year and it's been a roller coaster. Hard to adjust, like hard to get in there with other kids. Sometimes it's been hard to make friends. And so I think, you know, as we move into the new year, I'm hoping some of the rust from all of that isolation is, is more and more falling off. Mm. And the rest from studying and uh, it's a lot that you, like that you said, our kids are carrying a lot. They really are. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and just like you said, having meaning making or having some sort of intentional thing. I love the idea of letting a firework off. That is so, it's so visceral, right? It's the, it, it's visceral and it's sensational in that like there's going to be a visual, there's going to be an auditory, there's probably going to feel the heat, right? You're going to feel the heat of the firecracker. So like there's something about the senses being awakened in that moment as you are letting something go, like that feels really powerful and and also meaningful, like for on, on multiple levels, like intellectually, physically. Um, that feels really good. I'm glad you guys are doing that. And way to go, Ben, for uh, <laughs> storing them for such occasion. <laughs> Well, Maggie, like, as you think about the end of the year and where do you hope to go next year? Like, are you even there into hoping for next year or are you going to wait on that? Or do you have some ideas? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think, I think I have, am cautious about hope. <laughs> um, I want to hope and I do hope. And I think, um, this last two years has, um, caused me to be afraid of my imagination for lack of a better word. Like I, I want to rein in what I think is possible. What I think we, that I could do individually as a person, like in my professional life, what we can do as a family. I think, I think I'm tempted to kind of make it small because it, it still feels really not just hard, but like scary. Right. Um, there is, we always live in uncertain times, but this is like a different level of what's going to be possible because the world is so is constantly changing and in this time we've had like an exponential shift like culturally and also globally um so i think yeah i think i i want to hope and i've maybe i'll get there by the end of the month but <laughs> i i'm i think i'm cautious about hoping um and and even saying something out loud feels dangerous right um so that's kind of where I am with hoping. <laughs> How about you? What are you hoping for? Uh, I think I'm hoping for more rest. Mm. Like I was making a list with my business coach and we were talking through like, what do you want to do next year? And literally under every category, like business, prof you know, professional business, like personal um, like community, I, I just wrote rest in every category. And it's not like there aren't other hopes or dreams or like goals for the new year. There are. And part of that involves a podcast or professionally, but I want to find more rest. And it's, it's not that I haven't taken time, but sometimes I have the time and I just can't calm down mm. and it can't, it doesn't turn into rest for me, even if I'm shutting my eyes. So mm -hmm. Clearly, I need to think through other ways to rest and what that mm -hmm. means for my body and what that means for my work. And because I know all the practices I do for me, you know, are going to affect my husband, my kids, my clients, my friends, my community. And so, yeah, there are so many urgent needs, you know, and, and <laughs> 
I want to be involved with those, but not if I'm not rested. Yeah, no, that feels really good. And, and also just like defiant kindness, you know what I'm saying? To yourself, to your family, to your community. Um, it feels really good. That rest sounds so good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that for myself and speaking it over myself, like, yes, <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you want to wrap up Maggie? Are we doing? The I think we things? should wrap. Yeah. We need to wrap up. Like we ask everybody else. So Danielle, what are you reading? What are you listening to and who or what is inspiring you? Oh, what am I reading? I'm mostly reading blogs right now and news. I was reading some books, but I finished them. So, and I didn't feel like picking up any others. So that's what I've been reading blogs, like stuff on Instagram, Resma Menachem writes or stuff my friends write. I've edited a couple papers for friends. So I've read through research on rage recently, and that was really interesting. Um, stuff on racism, interested in articles on racism. Uh, I don't know, you're familiar with the Atlantic? Yeah, read some stuff on that. What am I listening to? I just wrapped up listening to the Mars Hill podcast. Finished that last episode, which was over two hours. The last two episodes were over two hours. Yes, yes. Dude, I was like, our podcasts are short. They can get away with two hours. <laughs> I think what they realized is that they couldn't finish in 12 episodes. So they had to make those last two five hours of content, which would have been five one-hour episodes, just so we're clear. <laughs> no, it's true. And I listened to the Mars Hill podcast. And I've also been, I listen to the soundtracks of movies. Mm -hmm. So I listen to them all the way through. So like if it's Hamilton or in the Heights, or I downloaded the new soundtrack for West Side Story. And instead of um, watching the movie again, obviously can't watch West Side Story right now at home. It's in the theater, but it's fun to imagine what's happening by listening mm -hmm. to it. Um, who or what's inspiring me? I'd say my kids, honestly, my kids are pursuing music or art or sports or just fun, like the way they pursue fun and the way they just love to love life or think about gift giving. Um, this year, Julie was like, and Luca were like, why should we buy wrapping paper? And I was like, they're like, we have all this recycled paper. We'll just decorate it and wrap all the presents. So that, that yeah it started off this kick so in my family we've been saving all the scrap paper like old mail like any kind of like paper bags or like like you know those funky construction paper pieces you get mm -hmm, when your mm -hmm. kids do art like they're all saved and they've been like taped together around various other gifts that are under our tree so it's a lot of fun and I'm not saying everybody should do that but that was inspiring to me it's another way of recycling so totally Okay, well, I'm inspired by Julie, just so we can talk about her art. And then what you just said, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to say that first. All right. So what about what you? I... What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who or what's inspiring you? Yes. What am I reading? I am, um, I'm reading Chuck DeGroats when narcissism comes to church. Oh. Uh, yeah. Feel like this year really needed that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm also reading Watership Down uh, by Richard Adams out, out loud to my son. Um, most of the time, my husband reads out loud to the kids, like Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, or like Harry Potter or whatever. And um, just a real fun invitation for me to uh, to do that this time. Uh, he's, he's, Luke is still reading 
um, let's see, he's reading the third Lord of the Rings to Ben and I'm reading Watership Down with Levi and I love Watership Down. I loved it when I read it the first time and it's so fun to read it with him. And um, so I'm really, really enjoying that time too. Um, what am I listening to? I also listen to the end of the Mars Hill podcast. Uh, I, if people have not listened to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, you guys should listen to it. I just want to say that, like, I'm not getting any money for saying that. Like it's, it was good. <laughs> um, and thought provoking and challenging and makes you ask a lot of questions. I feel like I could listen to the entire thing again. Um, and, and learn something new again every time. Uh, but what I'm listening to for like music wise, uh, I have been listening to classical music, which is a shift for me. Uh, you know, Mozart, Bach, Dvorak. Uh, but what is really hitting me like in the feels is um, Bedrick Smetana's The Moldau. I took a art appreciation or music appreciation class in college. And I still remember the first time I heard The Moldau. Um, it like hit me in the body. Um, it's a symphonic poem about the river, the Voltava in his home country. Like it builds from this tiny little stream in Bavaria and then through the countryside, you know, the Czech countryside and becomes a rushing waterway in the heart of Prague. And I just love the way the music captures that building um, and creates musical pictures. It's whimsical and enchanting. Um, and I like I feel it when I listen to it. I don't just hear it. So like that has been really, um, really powerful. And then who or what's inspiring me? Yeah, I would say people. Uh, like the folks I'm journeying with, uh, doing story work at the Allender Center, my friends, like with their resilient faith as they're deconstructing theology and ecclesiology, my community and how they've come around and supported me and my family in these past few weeks, especially like, uh, I'm like filled with awe and gratitude. Um, and like, kind of like I said, like defiant acts of kindness, um, displays of humanity. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what's hitting me right now. Yeah, you just like said so many things. I actually just want to restart a conversation about a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know, and maybe our listeners know, we really could talk about anything. <laughs> we really could. I mean, any thoughts or last minute pieces of wisdom for folks mm. that are like jumping into the holiday season and they're like, I hate this or I love it or I'm going to be with people that hate it and love it. Yeah, I think I would my my two cents would be to allow it like to allow what comes up for you uh and like acknowledge it name it maybe you need to put words to it maybe you don't um and then just like kind of what you'd said about rest like what is it that's gonna be restful for you in this season um what's gonna rejuvenate you what's gonna fill you up um there's a lot of output right now um and so it's important to know what we're inputting as well um, as we continue to, to do regular living life, but also like in our work in, in making, making strides in social justice, like in all the things that we do, like you're saying, we need to have that rest. We need to have soul care. We need to be, um, taking care of ourselves and our people. So that would be my two cents. How about you? You got any last minute wisdom? Well, keep listening to the rise podcast, share it with your friends. <laughs> there you go. No, for reals. I think I love what you said, finding times of rest. And I know somebody might listen and be like, I, I'm not going to get any rest or I don't celebrate Christmas. And I hear that. And it is weird to me to think that this holiday is turned into something international and it's also commercial internationally. And that, that just feels kind of yucky to me. So 
whether you're with family or friends or you're by yourself, if you can just find a place just to like chill out, you know, and maybe it's a place inside of you. Maybe you're not, maybe you're still with people, but someplace inside of you that you can find that's just safe and just kind of marinate in what, in what you're actually feeling and allow your body to feel. I like that what you said, Maggie, but yeah, I don't have any like bombshell wisdom or advice except other than if you can like be who you are where you are or give yourself moments to do that i think that helps mm, that's so good i love that okay well we'll see you all in the new year yeah happy holidays happy holidays